This audio podcast is from the River Church in Fort Worth, Texas. We hope God uses it to encourage and grow your relationship with Christ. For more information about the River Church, visit us online at theriverdfw.com or facebook.com backslash theriverdfw. Good morning, River Church. So good to be here with you today. Man, I just... I know I said this last week, but I look forward to this all week, man. I love it. Not like this. You're like, oh, you like get up there and talking? I mean, it's okay. Um, but I look forward to coming in here and just worshiping with you guys and just being in the presence of the Lord together. And I just, I love it, man. I, I look, literally, it's my favorite, my favorite time of week. And so we are going to be continuing in the book of James. We started out last week on a really fun topic, uh, trials and temptations. It was a lot of fun, wasn't it? And uh, the challenge was, as Christians, to have a different mindset um, when we face trials, when we face difficult circumstances, that through Jesus, we can look at it and we can face it with a different mindset um, than, than maybe someone who doesn't have Jesus in their life can do. So not only can we face it with a different mindset, um, but we can tell a different story about our trials than other people can. And what I mean by that is oftentimes when we talk about going through difficult circumstances or difficult seasons, the story that we often tell ourselves is, oh, poor me, or this this stinks, or this is difficult. And we kind of get down on ourselves. But as a Christian, we can walk through trials and, and difficult circumstances in our lives, knowing that God is going to use those things to perfect our faith, to build us up, to, break, to build up endurance um, in our lives, and to bring us to maturity in Christ. So even as we face difficult times, right? We, we have a different story to tell about what those difficult seasons in our lives are going to be and turn out to be. And then finally, uh, the result is then we have, as Christians, we have a different strategy when it comes to facing difficult seasons. Our strategy is we go to Jesus, we go to God for wisdom, and he walks us through it, and he guides us, and he directs our paths. And so um, we that's where we were last week. This week, we're going to be in a much more um, uplifting topic uh, we're going to be talking about obedience. Ooh. <laughs> Some of you guys are like, oh, all right, great. All right. Um, obedience is a tricky subject, right? Like, for example, as many of you guys know, I have an almost two-year-old son, and uh, obedience is something that we're still working on. You know, like, he's he's perfect, of course, but he's not obedient. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, those are two different things. Like, like literally, last night, I was laughing. I was like, I can put this in my sermon. Uh, last night, we're, he's taking a bath. Um, and I'm, you know, hanging out in there with him. And really, this is kind of our fault as parents, I guess. I don't know. There's a bucket that he has in the bath with him. And so he takes this bucket, he fills it up with water, and he's looking at me, and he kind of hangs it over the edge of the tub. And I'm like, Gideon, we don't do that. We put that, we dip, we dump that in the tub. We don't dump that on the floor. You know, I'm such kind, patient father that I am, you know. And so I'm like, we don't, we don't do that. And he just looks at me in my soul and goes, <laughs> Like, what are you going to do, man? So we're still working on that obedience thing. If any of you guys have some tips, I would love to uh, love to hear them. Um, but obedience is, is a toughy thing. It's a tough thing. It's, it's toughy. It's a tough thing. And uh, I mean, as we think about it, even in context in our relationship with God as Christians, sometimes obedience is difficult. I mean, if I were to ask you, if I were to pull you up on stage and ask you this question, has God ever asked you to do something that you didn't want to do? And I think we would probably all say yes at some point, right? Has God ever asked you to do something that stretched you, stretched you outside of your comfort zone? We would all probably say yes. Has God ever asked you to get rid of some sin in your life that maybe was something that you didn't want to get on to get rid of that you wanted to hold on to, right? I guarantee you we all would say yes. 
And so obedience, obedience is tough. Even in the context of our relationship with God, like you would think it would be easy, right? But sometimes it's difficult. And so James is going to walk us through um, some some tips on how we can be. He's really going to instruct us on how we can be obedient to God and how, not just how, but why we should be obedient. And then what happens when we are obedient. And so I'm just going to read. We're going to be in uh, James chapter 1, starting in verse 19. And I'm going to read verses uh, 19 and 20. It says, My dearly loved brothers, understand this. Everyone must be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. For man's anger does not accomplish God's righteousness. And so you hear that and you're thinking probably off the top of your head, what does that have to do with obedience, right? Like this, as we read this text, this this text right there is a fantastic text on how we deal with other people in our lives, right? Like, I mean, that's that's great advice. Be quick to hear, be slow to speak, be slow to anger. When we're dealing with uh, maybe some tough people or some arguments and things like that, that's great advice, right? The thing about it that's interesting, as we look at those words that James wrote in context with the rest of the scripture passage, we come to realize that James isn't talking about, in this particular text, he's not talking about you and your relationships with other people in this. Now, this is great advice for how to deal with, you know, a tough situation or deal with some people, you know, an argument maybe, right? But this particular text, James isn't giving us advice necessarily on how to deal with other people. He is speaking to, in context, on our relationship with God and how we should listen to God when he speaks to us. He's giving us wisdom on how we should respond to God's direction in our lives and how we should respond to God's word in our lives, especially when it comes to him talking to us about something that maybe we don't necessarily want to hear. And so he starts out, he says, be quick to hear. Essentially, when God speaks, let's be hurry, let's hurry up and listen. Have, have you ever been in a conversation with somebody where you're talking, kind of like Natalie's doing right now, and you're talking and you just know they're not listening? I'm just playing. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. She's, she's totally paying attention. I'm just messing with you. But you know what I'm talking about? Like you're talking to that person and they're just like dead in the eyes and you're like, I could say I'm going to murder you right now and you wouldn't even blink, you know? Right? Sometimes we're like that with God, right? He's talking to us, he's speaking to us and we're not even, we're, we're not even paying attention, right? Like James starts off, he says, when God is speaking to you, you need to hurry up and listen. You need to be on high alert. You need to be putting yourself in position so that you can hear what God wants to say to you, Right? Like a few weeks ago, I told you about my dog, Charlie, if you were here, and how he just drives me insane because he's like waiting. Like mailman comes by, he's freaking out, running to the door, barking. Somebody like breathes outside. He's like losing his mind, right? Now, it may drive me insane, but there is something that we can learn from Charlie in that situation. Charlie's paying attention, right? Charlie is eager to listen to what is going on outside, even to the detriment of all of the rest of us inside, you know? But there's something we can learn. Like he's quick to listen. He's paying attention. He's on, he's on a high alert. And when God speaks, we as Christians, James is telling us, we need to be on high alert. We need to be paying attention to what he has to say. We need to be looking for him to speak into our lives. And he says, and that, not just that, don't be, don't just be quick to listen, but be slow to speak when God talks to you. That's interesting, isn't it? Be slow in our response back to God. We've probably, maybe this is just a me thing we've probably all been in that argument or that fight where all we're doing is waiting for the other person to shut up so we can say what we want to say. You know what I'm talking about? Those of you that laugh know exactly what I'm talking about. The rest of you guys are like, no, I'm a Christian. Sometimes, 
even in our relationship with God, he's talking to us and he's speaking to us. And all we're doing is thinking, how can I get out of this? <laughs> right? Like we're, we're thinking like he's trying to correct us and we're coming to him with our defenses already up. We're busy telling God, this, this can't be what you mean. This, this can't be what you're telling me to do. This, no, 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 no. Maybe for somebody else, right? But been, or maybe we're thinking, how do I get out of this? Right? And so God's trying to talk to you. He's trying to, to talk to you about something that can transform your life, something that might be able to bless your life. And we're too busy sometimes while he's talking, thinking about our response. And so we don't get to soak up what he's trying to say to us. And so James says, be, be quick to hear, but slow to respond. Soak in what God's trying to talk to you about. Weigh what Jesus is saying to you. Weigh what God's saying. Process what he's trying to tell you before you respond and telling him no, before you argue, before you anything, process what he's trying to talk to you about. My wife, Katie, is really good at this. Um, she is, I'm kind of a loose cannon. I bet you got, y'all probably couldn't guess that. Um, but like when we're, we're having a conversation, sometimes I'll ask her a question and I'm like, did you hear me? <laughs> like, hello, anybody there? And she's, and she's, she says, well, I'm, I'm thinking about what you said. I'm processing it before I respond. And oftentimes, a lot more often than me, probably, when she does respond, when she does talk, it's because she's weighed her words. She's been careful in what she's going to say. And when she does speak, she speaks with a whole lot more wisdom than I would. And so James is giving us advice on how to respond to what God is telling us and wisdom. And then he finally, he ends up with this one where he says, be slow to anger. That's interesting, isn't it? That in our response to God, he says, be slow in anger back towards, and this is a side note, my own opinion. It's wise probably to be slow to anger in our relationship with God because you can get mad about it. Doesn't mean he's going to change his mind, right? Like if, if I'm walking on the street, I see a homeless guy and, uh, God speaks into my heart or Holy Spirit speaks to me and says, Mike, I want you to go, uh, give that homeless guy some, some money. And I'm like, God, do you know how busy I am? Do you know what I have going on? Do you know, he's probably just going to use that money to buy drugs or something, right? Like God's not going to go, you know, Mike, now that you mentioned it, <laughs> You're right. I, I didn't consider how busy you were before I told you to act. I'm like, you, know, you know what I'm saying? Sometimes when we respond in anger, there's no point because it doesn't mean God's going to change his mind. I mean, he knows what he's doing. But I want you to notice that God doesn't tell us that we can't be angry here. He doesn't say we shouldn't be angry. He doesn't say that the, that the believer should be emotionless or have no emotion. He's simply saying to us before we respond in anger, before we get upset, we need to weigh what God is saying to us and we need to be wise in our emotional response because oftentimes emotions can lie to us and make us feel something that's not really there. And oftentimes your anger won't take you where you want to go. Your anger won't take you where you want to go in your relationship with God. As a matter of fact, really all the anger can do, sometimes you got to let it out. Sometimes it's okay to be frustrated and get upset. But at the end of the day, that anger won't take you where you want to go and more often than not, it's going to cause you to make a bad decision versus a right decision when it comes to your relationship with God, right? And so when God speaks, James gives us this wisdom. He says, hurry up and listen, be alert, hang on what God is talking to you about, be slow to talk back, weigh what he has said, and pay attention to how you respond. And he moves on, verse 21, he says, therefore, ridding yourselves of all moral filth and evil, humbly receive the implanted word, which is able to save you. Humbly submit to the word. He's talking about the word of God. He's talking about the scriptures. And as we look at this whole section, like if we look through verses 19 through 25 that we're going to be talking about today, 
what we really get from this whole section is that this whole section is all about us as Christians submitting our lives to God's authority. Like even if we don't necessarily like what he says or understand what he says or feel comfortable um, in what he says, this whole section is about us submitting our lives to his authority. And if we were just honest, like if I was just honest with you, submission is hard, isn't it? Like giving over authority from our lives, some, being in control of our own lives, giving over that authority that we, that control that we have over our own lives, it's hard to give that up, isn't it? It's hard to give that to, to anybody, right? And there's a reason why James opens up this book in James 1.1 where he starts off by saying, hey, I'm James. I'm a slave of Jesus. Because the thing James is telling us at the very beginning of this book is that God is my authority. I am under his submission. I belong to him. What he says goes. But if we were honest, sometimes it's even hard to trust God with all of the areas of our own lives. Like there's things that we like to hold on to. Like God doesn't want authority over some of your life. He wants authority over all of your life. But there's just those things that we like to hold on to, right? Myself included, there's some things that are just difficult to give up. And and sometimes we give it up, but then we take it back. And then we give it up and we take it back. And there's just this yo-yo effect that we're doing with God. And he just has to constantly, kindly remind us. But sometimes it's so hard to give up that authority because if we were honest, The only person oftentimes that we actually trust to have our best interest at heart is ourselves. Even over friends, sometimes even over spouses. And so it's hard to give that authority up because oftentimes we don't trust anybody with our lives but ourselves because we don't trust the heart of the person that we're giving that authority over to. Like you've, you've seen this in your jobs, right? Where you have somebody that's in control over your job situation, your finances, your whatever, and, and there's nothing you can do, but you have to submit to their authority and you don't necessarily trust their heart, do you? You don't trust that they have your best interest at heart. You don't trust that they're going to do what's best for you, right? You, you, but what you do know is that they, they're, they're worried about the bottom line, right? Let me just say this when it comes in the context of us giving over authority of our lives to Jesus is that we have a God who has laid down his life for you and me. You have a savior who sent his son to die for you so that you could experience freedom and life and love and a relationship with God that we could have never had before. There is no one in the entire universe who has your best interest at heart more than Jesus. You can trust him. So James says, in hearing, you must submit. You must give over the authority of your life to him. And then he continues on. He says, and part of that, giving over that authority to God in our lives is removing that filth, that sin out of our lives. And the imagery in the Greek word here is the idea of taking off a coat it's part of that picture of removing this filth and sin. It's like taking off a jacket that you were taking something on. We, we talked about this a few weeks ago, didn't we? That, that when we become a Christian, we're no longer sinners. Sin is now an invasion into our lives. It should feel like something that doesn't belong. And so here we have James telling us, take that off. Take it off like a coat. Be set free from that thing that is weighing you down. Let God remove it from your life. Gideon all my illustrations about my kid, my family today. So sorry. Um, but Gideon, if you've ever been to my house, there's like a 50, 50 shot. He's going to be naked. Just saying like, you'll see him today. He's probably going to be in his diaper like after church. 
And there's something that cracks me up about him because he loves, like, he'll just take his clothes off. We put them on, we take them off. And he loves to do this thing where he gets his diaper, grabs it by the straps and just pops that thing off, takes it, chunks it, and he's gone, man. Like, he is sprinting and screaming. Like, we're just chasing him down, trying to get him, trying to hold him down. And we're like, like, literally, I'm holding him down, trying to put his diaper on. He's like, mama, like screaming like she's going to save him. You know, it's crazy. (laughs) He wants to experience that freedom. (laughs) And sometimes that freedom ends with uh, presence on our floor. But anyways, <laughs> the idea here is that in obedience to God, we remove that sin. We are set free. Just like Gideon wants that diaper off so he can sprint and feel that freedom. That's what the Christian life should feel like as well. And I think we've all experienced these things, these, the sin or whatever it is that has remained in our lives that God wants to set you free from, that is weighing you down, that is holding you back, that is messing up relationships, right? That is hindering you. And then if you, we were honest, it feels like not just something that you're wearing, not just a, a cloak or a jacket that you're wearing, but like a weight vest. And James says, in your obedience to God and submitting your life to him, remove those things that are holding you back. And he continues in verse 22. He says, but be doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving yourselves. There is, when it comes to our relationship with God, there's different ways that we are obedient to God and what he tells us to do. There's things he tells us that are like, like general for all Christians. For example, if, like in the, in the scripture it says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength and love your neighbor as yourself. That is something for all Christians. That is, as a Christian, that is something that God is calling you to do, right? We get that. We know that. We, we try to walk in that. And then there are sometimes, the, like when God speaks to us and he tells us some specific ways to let that play out in my life. Does that make sense? And so there's kind of, all right, love the Lord your God with our heart, soul, mind, and strength. Neighbor is yourself. Got that. And then sometimes the Holy Spirit's going to talk to you and say, and this is how I want you to do it, Right? And just as a side note, what the Holy Spirit says to you will never go against what this thing has to say. Okay. This is our authority. And if you read, if you feel like God's telling you to do something that's not in this thing, it ain't Jesus, baby. Okay. Just so you know. (laughs) And sometimes that thing plays out in some some specific ways. Like I had one time it worked out really well in my life. Um, I'll tell you a story. Um, When Katie and I first moved here, back here to plant the river, um, we were in kind of a tight spot financially. And uh, we had moved here. We had uh, left a place where we had a pretty low cost of living to DFW, cost of living a little bit higher. Went from having uh, had to, in order to come and plant the church, had to take a little bit of a salary cut, which don't feel sorry for me. I'm just telling you this so I can paint the picture. This is our dream. This is what we want to do. We love to do it, right? But as we were doing that, we were put in kind of a tight financial situation. And then uh, while we're sitting in that, we had an unexpected bill come up. And I remember sitting there looking at this bill going, I don't know, like, I wish I could be like, Pastor Mike, I knew Jesus was going to come through for me. I wasn't worried at one bit, you know, that would be a lie <laughs> because I was terrified. I was, stre- I was stressing Katie out. I'm going, I don't know how we're going to do this. Like what, what, what is this? How are we going to do this? And then somebody who actually goes to the church here, and I won't tell you who he is, but if you ask me after church, I'll tell you, um, came up to me and uh, he said, Mike, I know this is weird, but. I just feel like God's telling me to do something. And he pulled out of his wallet and he said, I've been carrying this check around in my wallet for two weeks. He said, and God told me to give you a check for $500. And he said, I had to make sure it was, I had to make sure it was God. <laughs> Cause if somebody tells you to give somebody $500. You got to think about that one for a second, right? And he walked over and he handed me that check. And what's crazy is that bill that had come up was for $480. We made 20 bucks. <laughs> 
<laughs> but obedience matters, doesn't it? Because that person, they didn't know what we needed. They didn't know where we were. They didn't know the, the situation that they were in. They just knew that God was saying, this is how I want you to love your neighbor today. And not just love your neighbor, but this is how I want you to love me today. Obedience. Obedience matters. And it might not always make sense. We might not always understand what God is telling us to do. As long as it doesn't go against the scripture, though, if you feel like God's telling you to do it, I would, I would encourage you to do it. Right? Because let me just tell you this. You might not understand what God's telling you to do, but it's not your job to understand all the time. Our job is to be obedient. Our job is to do what God is directing us to do. Trust me, that same God who always has your best interest at heart knows exactly what he's doing. And who knows what you might be missing out on in your life because you're not being obedient. And I would say who knows what somebody else might not be, what might be missing out on. But I believe that if you're not obedient, God's going to bring somebody else in that will be obedient. You're the one that missed out on the blessing because you weren't following what God asked you to do. But James says obedience, the key here is obedience. If without obedience to the things that we hear God say in our lives, then we're just fooling ourselves. It's like going to work and the boss comes up to you and says, hey, Mike, I'm going to need those TPS reports uh, on my desk by Monday. You say, I hear, I hear you, boss. I got you. I got you. And Monday comes along. He says, hey, where's those, uh, hey, uh, where's those uh, TPS reports? I'm like, oh, I heard you. I know you need them. You told me you need it. I know, you told me you wanted it done. Boss says, okay. Tuesday comes along. Where's those TPS reports? Boss, I heard you. I know you needed him, boss. You told me you needed it. You know what happens to that guy? That guy gets fired. That's what happens to that guy, right? Because your boss telling you and you hearing is not the result he wants from you, is it? Him telling you, you hearing and you being obedient is the result that he wants as you submit to his authority. It's the same way with Jesus. When he's talking, he says, pay attention to what, I'm having, to what I say and then be obedient, right? Otherwise, we're just fooling ourselves. It's like, not only that, but we're missing out on what God's wanting to do in our lives. You know, a few months ago, one of our community groups, we did the Dave Ramsey class. Now, what good would it be if we sat through that entire stinking Dave Ramsey class? Not stinking, it was a lot of fun. We sat through that Dave Ramsey class, we go two months later and we're going, man, I just can't seem to get out of debt. Just can't seem, this stuff doesn't work. So, oh, really? Well, are you working the steps? Are you doing the steps? Well, no, but I heard everything. But you, you're doing the steps. Well, no, but I know all of the steps. I sat through the whole class. I don't understand why it's not working. <laughs> Isn't it funny that we see the absurdity in that? And yet when it comes to God, so often we miss. Some things are easy to see. And yet when it comes to God, we just like, well, I don't understand why this isn't working out. How's your obedience, right? Hearing God is great, but hearing God alone won't benefit you or bless your life. It won't grow your relationship with Jesus if we're not obedient to what he tells us to do. And then he finishes up with this, verse 23. He says, because if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man looking at his own face in the mirror. He looks at himself, goes away, and immediately forgets the kind of man he was. But the one who looks intently into the perfect law of freedom and perseveres in it is not a forgetful hearer, but one who does good works. And hear this, this person will be blessed in what he does. James finishes this section by contrasting a person who hears and doesn't obey with someone who hears and perseveres in obedience. He says the first one is like someone who looks in a mirror, walks away, forgets what's in the mirror, essentially saying the impression that God makes on your heart and your life is only temporary without obedience. But the person who he contrasts with this person who looks intently into the scriptures, looks intently into what God says. 
and obeys. And when I think of that intently, it, cracks, it was cracking me up because I was thinking about Katie again. Um, I told you all my illustrations are about my family. Um, I don't know if you guys know this, but Katie's basically blind. Do y'all know that? So like if she's up here on stage and she's, she doesn't have her glasses on, you're just a blur, right? It's just blue and colors. And like the other day we were watching TV and she was like squinting so hard. And we have a 50-inch TV at the house. It's not the biggest, but it's not and the smallest, right? And she's sitting there just staring at that thing, looking at it. I was like, what? Do you, is something wrong? You like this? She's, she said, I just can't see anything. She's like, I, it's just a blur. <laughs> and when I read this scripture, I thought about her as just staring intently into what God has to say, paying attention and focusing on them, persevering in obedience. And he says, that person will do good works. That person's life will make a difference. And he finishes up by saying this, that person will be blessed in what they do. And this is something that we really need to pay attention to because this is a conditional promise that we see in the scriptures and, and there's not a whole lot of those. Like there, there are conditional promises that God gives us, but there's not a ton of them. Right here he tells us, he says, that person who is obedient, and it doesn't just here, but that person who follows through, who perseveres, who obeys, that person will be blessed in their obedience to me. And that word blessed is this really cool word. It's the same word that is used in Psalm 19, verse 7, where God says the instruction of the Lord is perfect. And he says that same word here, blessed, says here's what it does. That instruction of the Lord is perfect. It renews one's life. God is saying to us, in obedience, we will find renewal in our lives. Let me just say this, is that we have a Father who will renew you, who will encourage you, will strengthen you, will bless you. We have a father who loves to bless his children. But like we said this in men's group a few weeks ago, we have to live a life of obedience so that we can live a life that God will delight in blessing. So I just want to finish with this simple question for you today. We think about God's authorities. We think about obedience. What's God talking to you about lately? What's he talking to you about? Are you, I would encourage you if you take notes to write down these questions, how well are you hearing him? Like, are you putting yourself, are you positioning your life in a way that you can hear what God has to say to you? Are we quick to listen? Are we paying attention? Have we, as he speaks to you, have you given him authority over all areas of your life? Are you still holding something back? I'll give you a tip. The two places that we hold back the most often is when it comes to our finances and when it comes to our families. Is God talking to you about something? Have you given him authority over all areas of your life where nothing is off topic, where he can touch anything he wants to? And then last but not least, how's that obedience coming? Are you living a life that God can delight in blessing? I want that for you. I love you. I care about you. I want you to walk in obedience so that you can have a fruitful life full of good works, full of God blessing your obedience. We've got to hear him. We've got to give him authority over our life. We've got to be obedient. I know it's hard. I struggle with it too, okay? I want that for you. God, I love you. Thank you for who you are. Thank you for your word. Even though sometimes it's tough, God, this disobedience challenge can be tough, but thank you for your word. Thank you that we have a God who we can trust to give over the authority in our lives because you are a good God who is kind, who loves us, who has our best interest at heart, God. I pray today that you would speak, that we would hear you, 
and that you would give us the courage to be obedient, even in the places that are tough. Even in the places that are tough, God. We love you. It's in Christ's name we pray.